welcome to the Rockaway Creates Connection podcast. Are you ready to embark on a journey that celebrates the power of creativity, community, and transformation? We are thrilled to introduce you to the heart and soul of Rockaway Beach through our community stories. Brought to you by Rockaway Creates, a nonprofit dedicated to the peninsula and its people. Nestled on the shores of the Atlantic, we are New Yorkers coming to you from Rockaway Beach, Queens. Each episode will take you on an exploration of its remarkable community, delving into the lives and stories of local artists, entrepreneurs, activists, and visionaries who breathe life into our beloved neighborhood. Whether you're a longtime local or just down for the day, this podcast promises to be a source of insight, secrets, and connection. So get ready to be inspired, and you can go to rockawaycreates.org to learn more about us and how you can get involved. And if you like this podcast, please like it, binge it, and share it with your friends. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to episode 10 of the Rockway Creates Connection podcast. This month's theme is magic. And in that theme, I have Randy here. She is a Brooklyn native, an animal advocate, vegan children's book author, and a self-taught entrepreneur with a master's degree in secondary education and another in school counseling, neither of which have been proven useful as a jewelry artist and small business owner. <laughs> she lives in Rockaway Beach, New York, with her husband, Steve, his son, Murray, and six rescue cats. Um, I'm so excited to have you here, Randy, because we have been friends for a long time, and I think that everything you do is magical. So. <laughs> Well, I think you're magical, Galit. So maybe that's why we've been friends for so long. <laughs> Yay. And I feel like it's uh, it's perfect to have you on this month. Tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. I mean, I've been following you forever, so I feel like I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll talk to you like you know nothing. I'll try. Yes. Um, you know... <laughs> It's so long-winded, right? The history of my business, how it got started. It grew so organically. I was a high school guidance counselor and I found myself, I was actually a high school English teacher first. And English teachers, if you don't know, um, take home tons of papers to grade. And so I was spending, I spent my, my weekends and my evenings in my 20s marking papers. And then I be became a high school guidance counselor and you don't bring home work. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have all this time on my hands. Like, what am I going to do? Um, so I did what anyone does and I started a jewelry business, right? That's like the normal progression of life. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes total sense, right? Like everybody just jumps with their free time into like tiny little jewelry <laughs> machinations. That's, I mean, that's it. Well, I guess, you know, I learned the power of social media very early um, because I honestly bought a $50 stamping kit. Um, I was like, oh, hand stamping looks cool. Like it, I'll buy a $50 hand stamping kit and let's see what I could do with it. I'll swing a hammer and try to make something. And I tried to make some bracelets for my students and I posted it on Facebook. And this was during the time when you posted everything on Facebook. You posted what you ate for dinner on Facebook. You posted if you were like what you were feeling on Facebook. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling happy, right? We were like obsessed with posting on Facebook. And so I posted this picture of these like three bracelets. Like I, you know, watched a YouTube video and used my kit. And I had like so many comments like, I'll buy one. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Um, and so it just grew so organically. Like, I honestly think, you know, that's, I started my business, I invested $50 yeah. and I somehow like it spiraled and people were interested in what I was making. So I was making more. And, um, at the time I was living in a teeny tiny apartment in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn. And so I was doing it like on our makeshift coffee table, dining room table, every table, only table. <laughs> um, and it was a very small kind of thing. And then when we moved to Rockaway, um, 
and we had the space, I created a, a space for myself and I really started to grow a small business. Yeah. So what, what was the reason that you moved to Rockaway and how did you find out about Rockaway? Um, I mean, it's not so romantic, I guess. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. I grew up going to the Silver Girl Beach Club. So Rockaway, Breezy Point has always been, the peninsula has always existed to me. We always went over the bridge to go to the beach. Um, and so when we were house hunting, or I mean, we weren't even house hunting. We were living in 400 square feet in Cobble Hill and we wanted to start a family. So we were looking for 600 square feet. Like we were literally looking for <laughs> a little more space to possibly have a child in it. Um, and we just, I mean, we had moved from the East village to Cobble Hill and we just could not find anything bigger that was remotely in the price range of two teachers. We just could not. And we kept looking and like just a little further and just a little further. And we would like look in Bay Ridge or look in Jackson Heights and look in all these places that were like a lot further from the city and not where we wanted to live. But we just kept like extending our reach a little bit more until finally we were like, okay, this is ridiculous. We cannot live near the city anymore if we want to own a bigger property. Where do we want to live? And we were like, the beach. We want to live at the beach. Yeah. Um, so we moved here sort of um, sort of because we were forced out of where we were. We were priced out, sized out, all of those things. But we chose to live here because we wanted. We were two teachers who vacationed in Fire Island. And we're like, this is so silly. Like, please, like, let's let's live on the beach. Let's live somewhere where we want to be on vacation. Yeah. Yes, I identify with that so much. <laughs> And how long has it been that you've been in Rockaway? Um, we moved here in 2015. Um, and so it's honestly, I think, why we were able to buy a fairly large property in our price range, um, because there was a lot of new construction going on in 2015, still post-Sandy construction. And our um, condo was a new development, right? And so when they're selling 18 units at the same time, they're below market value, right? Because they want to sell them all quickly. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just kind of got lucky that we were looking and this property came up and all the properties came up, right? There were 18 of them and we, you know, snagged one right away. Yeah. Yeah. I feel somewhat similar in that. I mean, I had already been living in Rockaway um, and was already living in the apartment that I bought. But yeah, I bought in 2016. I was just like, okay, now, now is the time. Right. <laughs> I do this now, or I might not have this uh, awesome opportunity. Right. Well, when you grow up in New York and you, you know, have a grasp on New York real estate, when you see certain prices, you're like, this, I need to buy this now. I need to figure out a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so it's, how has it been besides the additional space like how has it been good for your business or not good if that um well i would say in terms of i mean my business grew in rockaway exponentially and it's because of um the kind of the small business community that has always existed in rockaway you know here i was like this like brand new jewelry maker and i was like you know, huffing it like to like the boutiques on 129th Street and 116th Street and down in the 90s and meeting people. And all of those stores gave me a chance. Every single one of the small businesses that sold items that were similar to my jewelry gave me a shot, bought myself wholesale. My first wholesale order was like at end of the A on 129th Street. I didn't even understand wholesale. I didn't know packaging. I didn't know what to charge her. She's like, I'll take 10. And I'm like, I don't. Okay, now what? <laughs> um, and she walked me through it. Um, and, you know, down in the 90s, like Erin helped me and Aubra helped me and everybody, everybody helped me. Everybody taught me how to do wholesale and how to package things and how to make branding. And they all bought my stuff. And a lot of it didn't sell very well in a lot of their stores. And they didn't really care. They were like in it to give me a hand to buy 10 of my bracelets and help me figure out how to do it. That's that is so cool. And so <laughs> I feel like that is the essence of Rockaway, right? Like there is so much 
other stuff that goes on in Rockaway, but like when it comes down to it, we're a community and we all want to help each other. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really amazing. It made me feel connected to where we lived immediately that all these people who didn't know me, like heard, I was a, a, I just moved in. I was a new local. I was trying to start a jewelry business and they liked what I was doing and they were willing to give me a chance and share what they knew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes me like, <laughs> feel so happy. Um, and also like so emotional about how that happened for you, because I think that when you start a small business and for small business owners, just in general, like it's so difficult and you feel so alone. So just knowing that you have a community that is willing to go to bat for you, that is willing to like give you any kind of assistance. Like, I mean, that's just amazing, but like to actually sit you down and talk you through how to do something is like life-changing. And for you, it kind of has been. Yeah, absolutely. Because it gave me confidence, right? I mean, you know, none of these, I don't think any of these like relationships in these stores, like were what necessarily built my business, but it gave me the confidence to keep trying to do more research, to invest more money. Um, you know, for years I didn't turn a profit. I just kept reinvesting into the business, but it all started with that $50. Um, and it was definitely, you know, the more local people knew who I was and bought my jewelry, the more confidence it gave me to keep trying and to keep doing new things. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like what your business looks like now and, you know, what it's morphed into. I mean, it's a monster. <laughs> it's out of control. Um, um, one of the things I think is like, uh, so I, um, I have a three, I have a three bedroom, um, condo. And so we have a the first floor of our condo is like two bedrooms and it's the main floor with two bedrooms. And the second floor of the condo is our primary suite, which I don't know if you can see, but I'm sitting in right now and it is, I don't know which way to go that well, it's the mirror. <laughs> It is, there's no bedroom in here. This isn't, there's no bed in here. <laughs> so, um, right. And so I started out where we had a room designated for my child and we had a guest room slash workroom for me. And this was the primary bedroom. And my business has grown so much that we renovated our home and switched our primary bedroom and our guest room. And so now my primary bedroom is like, we've got our king size bed up against the wall, like we're in college. There's no <laughs> other furniture in there. And I have this giant like luxury studio. That is so cool. And you do this full time now. I do do this full time. Um, you know, it was one of those things. I, I loved being a teacher and I loved being a guidance counselor. Um, and I also loved this like beast that I was growing that was snowballing. And um, I did IVF for many years to have my son. And once I had my son and I was home with him, I was like, okay, there's honestly like, I need to be realistic. There is no way I can be a guidance counselor be a small business owner and be a mother. Like one of those, the, a mother, the way I'd like to be a mother, um, right? Because people do it. But it the way I envision myself parenting, I, I just, there wasn't enough time in the day. And I was like, one of these things has to give, right? And so obviously, you know, the mothering isn't going to give because um, he's here. Right? It's kind of, you know, <laughs> he's here. Um, and so it was either close my business or resign from the DOE. Um, and I just, I really weighed like which one brought me more joy and which one was going to allow me um, more headspace to mother the way I wanted to mother. Because yeah. it's not about time. I work so much harder and so much more than I did when I worked in a school, right? I don't have set hours. I don't have days off. I don't have vacations. I definitely don't get the summer off anymore, paid and full. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I work really hard in the summer now. Um, but I don't come home from work sad. 
um, and in a headspace where I'm not adequately equipped to deal with my child's issues. And, you know, I just, I, I just, that's what I chose. And I'm really happy that I chose it. Yeah. And I think honestly that that is so cool because that, that is one of the hardest things for people to do, right? When people are thinking about having a small business or thinking about doing something creative, doing something that lights them up, like the lack of stability that comes with that is probably the hardest choice they'll ever have to make. And for you to do it is just so cool because most people can't make that transition. And you have been able to do it and able to do it in a way that looks so seamless, right? <laughs> I've been watching your progression. I remember when you were in the school. I mean, I came and and you had me speak at the school. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so like I have seen you with all of these different hats and I have seen you as a mother and I have seen you during your IVF, you know, journey and like all of those things you have done so it, what looks like I'm sure it wasn't but it looks like it was so seamless like you make it look so easy um and I'm I'm so excited for everyone to meet you and know what a powerful woman in Rockaway you are <laughs> well that I mean that that's nice it definitely doesn't feel seamless to me you know and I am fortunate I'm fortunate my my husband Steve is is a teacher still and you know we have that stability of the health insurance and his pension and, you know, his summer vacations off so that I can work while um, Murray is not in school, um, you know, and so just all of the choices that we've made, made it possible for me to choose my business over what was my career. And now it seems so foreign to me. Like now, like, I mean, you know, getting up and getting dressed in the morning and going to work sounds like crazy to me. I wear Crocs all day long. <laughs> um, but not just that, it just seems so far and it seems so far away. And for such a long time, being an educator was such a huge part of my identity. Um, and I have, I've made the shift that being a small business owner, being, you know, I, I have, I took a very long time for me to own calling myself an artist um, and, you know, so being an artist, being a full-time artist and living this small business life is, uh, finally really part of my identity. Yeah. Oh, I, there's a comment, a Facebook user said, great interview. I started my business 40 years ago for many of the same reasons and it's still going strong. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, I, Congratulations to you too. I'm super excited to hear that your story is like resonating with people. And I, and I knew that it would, I, I felt like people watching this podcast, like people in Rockaway would understand everything that you've been talking about and just how amazing it is and, and how, how much joy it's allowed in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love Rockaway. And I feel like it's one of those things I used to do, um, I guess, pre COVID, I used to do all of the pop ups and all of the markets. Um, and my business has um, definitely transitioned as most small businesses have to completely 100% e commerce. Um, and I always try to think about like, how I can get involved again, in sort of like the Rockaway festival market scene. Um, and the problem is honestly, because um, I did so much work growing my e-commerce business, I don't have like a full day to go sit at a market. Like I'd have to, I'd have to pay someone to do it for me. And that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> so tell me, what are the, what are the things that you love about Rockaway and living in Rockaway? Um, I mean, I love, I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in East Midwood. Um, and so East Midwood is an interesting pocket of Brooklyn because it is very suburban. It is very, I mean, the houses are small and they're close together, but 
they, uh, you know, we had a driveway and a front lawn and a backyard and the train was a bit of a walk. You know, if you took the train home at night, like someone had to pick you up. Um, and you could live like your whole existence in East Midwood and just like walk to the stores on Avenue M and like never know you lived in New York City. But it was also right there. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that I also embrace about Rockaway. Um, you know, I live a, a fair distance from the train, but I can walk there. But also if I took the train home late at night, I'd want someone to come pick me up. Um, so it's like I'm reliving my, my you know, childhood. <laughs> um, and it is, it is, it has, it's the same kind of thing, right? The houses are close together, but we, you know, I have my front yard and I have my backyard and I have my driveway, thank goodness. And um, if I never left Rockaway, I don't think I would know. Um, <laughs> but I can still, I still feel like I'm a city person. Um, I didn't move away. I moved yeah. to the beach. Yeah, that's a that's a very good distinction, right? <laughs> like, I always felt like being in Rockaway and living in Rockaway was like the closest thing you could get to like an ocean vacation in New York City, right? Like you could you literally have places that you can go and like sit outside and feel like oh, I'm on vacation, and then walk right back to normal life. Right, exactly. Right, like, I, you know, I feel like when I first, when we first started decorating our home, I tried to, like, go with, like, these beach vibes because I'm like, it's a beach house. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, it's not a beach house. It's my house. <laughs> um, You know, and I started, like, incorporating more of, like, you know, my taste as opposed to, but there was this feeling when I first moved here of, like, I just live, like, on a beach vacation all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did this. I did much of the same. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, I did do much of the same thing. And, and, and I think in my condo in Rockaway, it's still... There are still rooms where that kind of lives, but I'm an ocean person. So that is a little bit of my aesthetic. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it went a little more ocean after beach. Yeah, it did. <laughs> then I was like, no, I want to feel like I'm in the ocean. <laughs> As you are right now with your background. <laughs> yeah. Like I always just want to feel like I'm in the ocean. It doesn't matter where I am. So right. yeah, that just has taken over. Um, what but yeah. Are you Sorry. Favorite, yeah. What are your, I want to know what your favorite places in Rockaway to go to are. What are my favorite places in Rockaway to go to? Well, as a vegan, um, it is definitely um, not my favorite thing to talk about, about Rockaway. Um, <laughs> there are not many vegan options in Rockaway. And I actually feel like there were more when I moved here than there are now. Um, and it's, it's a bit disappointing. Um, and the, I, I'm, I'm trying to be very tactful right now, um, because we don't go out to eat much, um, and we don't drink. So we're not part of that Rockaway, um, scene. So, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy Claudette's. <laughs> I frequent Claudette's often, um, and it's nice. Um, it's probably one of the only places that I go in Rockaway where you walk in, and it has for us like that neighborhood, like we live here vibe, right? Every the people who own Claudette's, Claudette, um, and her children, and like, all of her workers know us, know Murray by name, know what we eat, um, know what Murray wants. Murray doesn't have to ask for his vegan sprinkle cookie; he just kind of gets it. Um, <laughs> Um, which is good because he demands it, honestly. So, <laughs> um, but we we are definitely regulars at Claudette's, and we um, love that they have so many vegan options. Um, and our other favorite spot in Rockaway, um, which is kind of a sleeper, I feel like to a lot of people when I talk about it, is the Rockaway Tiki Bar. Yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of people don't don't know don't know them, and I'm not sure why because I feel like they've got their hands I mean I don't know them like personally but I feel like they've got their hands on like a lot of different things um but they have 
their their food is great and it's super vegan friendly. Yeah, um, I remember when I so obviously I, I if people are watching that don't know my story, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona during the pandemic, and I'm still like back and forth in Rockaway and. I remember when I, one of the first times I came back, I like reached out to you because I'm also vegan. And I was like, <laughs> where can I eat now? And you told me about them and we went there and it was just like mind blowing. I was like, yes. Because so many options, it? right? It's yeah. like so nice to like look at a menu and be like, what should I get? Yes. Not like, oh, I'll have the impossible burger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely like, that's one of the places I love as well. And, and yeah, and I think that it's interesting, because I, I wish that section, that little strip could get a little more love. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of the things on that little strip, and that's um, around 67th. Right. Yeah. So now Claudette's is on the other side. And there's super burrito and like, have you ever places. had super burrito? Because I've heard they have like a secret vegan burrito, but I've never actually attempted to buy one. Um, I think when I still lived in Rockaway, I did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it's like now. Right. Um, I haven't had it the last couple of times that um, I've gone to Rockaway. Um, I have had Claudette's the last couple of times. <laughs> Um, yeah, the tiki bar. So I don't know that, but that little area I feel like could, could definitely use some more love from Rockwood residents because it's like a little hidden gem. It is. And I mean, you know, everything is kind of like new and shiny looking like it it, you kind of feel good when you park there and you I have to park there it's far for us um and um, Steve and I would bike ride down there but Murray it's too far for him on his little tricycle (laughs) (laughs) even though you could straight go straight down the boardwalk um no it's it's a nice area and we definitely we love we love the tiki bar um we also are really happy um so Mara's ice cream parlor, I guess, uh, exchanged owners, exchanged hands, and the new owners brought back the vegan ice cream. Um, and so that's nice, too, to be able to take my child to, like, go out for ice cream and sit in the back. Um, and he was missing that experience, honestly. Um I don't know, you know, why it disappeared. The vegan ice cream disappeared from there, but the new owners brought it back, and that's really what's important. Yeah. I'm so glad that you found like so many things to cater to your lifestyle because I know that that's, you know, one of the hardest things when you do live a little bit differently than most people. Um, it, it can be hard to find your spots and the, the places that you trust and that you love. And so I'm really glad that Rockway still offers that to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, city girl for so long like you know to definitely come here and not be able to grab a slice anymore is like a strange thing and I've gotten over it at this point and we you know we order pizza without cheese um and Murray prefers it without cheese because he's four and that's you know (laughs) doesn't matter um he would pick it off anyway even if it were vegan um but you know as a New Yorker like I cannot go anywhere in Rockaway and grab a slice and that's like Weird. Yeah. So if anyone is listening <laughs> for more creators in Rockaway to create more vegan food. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Yes. <laughs> and then um, Karen says, I live in Arvin by the sea and frequent Tiki. Great dancing nights too. <laughs> yes. And they also have karaoke nights. If Ooh, I do they? Correctly. Yes, because I have been there <laughs> <laughs> doing karaoke on like a rent. I don't even, I don't think I even knew it was happening. We just ended up there to eat and it was happening. And so it was happening. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I feel like if you, if you accidentally stumble upon karaoke, then how can you not? Right. 
Um, <laughs> and I have my karaoke song, which I mean, everyone has theirs and like, like try and true. What is it, Gully? Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. It's the bad touch by the Bloodhound game. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. But I do it and I do it well. So (laughs) it's so good. (laughs) What is your song? Um, No scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) That is also a classic. I mean, mine is not a classic. Mine is just like so random. I mean, I feel like it's a classic in some circles, yours. (laughs) Some circles that like don't exist anymore. Yeah, now that's in my head, though, just so you know. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me sing right now, though. Yeah. I, I have a cold. My like, my generally husky voice is like eight times as husky right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I am also not looking to sing right now. Not, no. <laughs> it's not, not that kind of show. It's yeah, not it's that not that kind of show. <laughs> I mean, I am not that kind of loose right now. <laughs> like... Just yeah, that that's kind of like a nighttime thing. I but think. yeah, I love that's kind of what I also love about Rockaway because you like this is what I've always loved about Rockaway is like being able to like walk out of your house, go to somewhere, and stuff is happening without you even like you didn't have to go and specifically go for that thing. It just you know, stuff is happening and yeah. everyone is welcome to join. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, definitely in the summer, like, you know, to ride around on your bike and just kind of like see what's up. Like, that's fun. Yeah. You know, and it is. And it's definitely a community vibe. And obviously in the summer, there's a million people here that don't live here. Um, but everything is sort of put on by the community. So. Yeah. And um, okay. So going to the theme of magic. Okay. I know that you have tons of like really cool items in your store that I felt or like embody the theme of magic. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the different items that you sell? Because it's not only jewelry, although your jewelry is magical. And you have like these magical crystal crowns that <laughs> I love. Um, yeah, I, you know... Part of, I think, um, me not knowing anything about being a small business owner or forget about small business owner, a big business owner and any business owner, part about me not knowing like anything about running a business sort of like for a number of years, let my creative side like go bananas. And I would just like see stuff on Instagram or the, on TikTok or wherever I would see it and be like, oh, that's cool. Can I make that? And <laughs> <laughs> I would like invest money and in, like some new kind of thing and like teach myself how to make something else. And since I started doing this full time, I've kind of like, you know, brought that back. I've like brought in the reins a little bit. Um, but when this was like my side hustle and I was still making a teacher's salary, I was like all in for like, let's learn how to make everything. Um, so I I learned all different kinds of jewelry making, um, which even that, you know, from hand stamping and I, you know, wire wrapping and soldering. And I started like, I started getting carried away with just jewelry making in general. I, I could show you drawers and drawers of crystals that I honestly don't do anything with now because I've, <laughs> I've toned it down a little bit. Um, but I also um, kind of made a shift, sort of COVID based, but also sort of mom based and also sort of the way my work, like my brain works based. But, you know, I had a baby and I was like, well, I want to make cute clothes for him. Like, let me learn how to make cute clothes. So like I bought a cricket and that like, you know, turned into like three crickets and a heat press. It turned into a bigger heat press and a better heat press and an industrial heat press. And all of a sudden I'm like making baby clothes and I'm making cups and I'm like sublimating on all kinds of things, on ornaments, on, I mean, I I mean, I like, 
I got so carried away. And I, you know, I like to think it was COVID based that people were not buying jewelry during COVID because they were not going anywhere, but they were still dressing their kids and they were still drinking coffee and alcohol and whatever else they were drinking. Right. And so I kind of got involved in this like other stream of my business because I wanted to stay relevant. I didn't yeah. want to just like keep like showing my sad jewelry and be like, one day you'll get to wear it outside. <laughs> I, like, yeah, like you can drink this alcohol out of this cup right, right now. now. <laughs> Don't have to wait. And you know, and your kid can't go naked. So <laughs> let's buy him a funny Hanukkah onesie. You know, yeah. like. And so it was kind of like that. And I focused on this other stream of my business where I learned how to do vinyl work and I learned how to do sublimation. And I just kept like buying more and more things and watching more and more videos. And um, I I know I got away from the, the theme of magic, um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think like, that's like, I think like that's the magic of this kind of business. Um, I actually rebranded, I was a jewelry, store a jewelry shop and I rebranded to be a gift shop because I went so bananas in all these different directions and I've sort of really like embraced that like I want you to come to my website for something for something you saw on TikTok or something you saw on Instagram and then be like whoa I'm gonna buy something for everyone yeah. Like, that's what I want when you come to my website I want I don't think that there are necessarily certain projects that are magical, but I want like you to come to my website and be like, yes, like you are talking to me and my brother and my husband and my child and my best friend and my boss. Yeah. And you literally do have something for everyone. And, and, you know, I, I hate talking about this because I feel like it's so early, but the holiday season is coming up. <laughs> and you do so many cool things that can be given as presents. I mean, I have gotten so many different things from you besides for jewelry, like um, ornaments. And I know. <laughs> one of my, my yeah. best-selling ornaments is a Jingle Bell ornament. I've been selling it for years. It was featured in Brides Magazine a number of years ago, and they um, recycle that article, so it keeps coming up every year. And... Um, my UPS driver, who I have a wonderful relationship with, and I think that that's something that's very rockaway. Um, you know, when I see him and he picks up a box, he's like, this better jingle. And now <laughs> yesterday he picked up a box, a wholesale order that went out for jingle bells. And he's like, the jingles are back. <laughs> like I bring my UPS driver joy because he gets packages that jingle. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's so great. Like there's so many cool things. I mean, I, I will even say like there's stuff for weddings, yes. right? Like you, for my wedding, I still have, and they're, they're beautiful. They're the hand stamp forks for cake. And I think that's like, so like, there are so many things that you do and so many things that can be personalized in a way that's like feels really good and really magical um <laughs> like just bringing it back again mm -hmm. no um, I... but yeah like it makes you feel really good and i and and that for me has been one of like the priorities for gift giving because i'm one of those people that like really likes to think about the person that i'm giving it to and make it something personal to them so the fact that you can like take things and you know, things that just need, right? Like I, like it was really cool to have like cake forks <laughs> right? like with a name and wedding date and, you know, and make it like personal to that person so that it really feels special. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely my favorite part. And people uh, often ask me my favorite part of like my business. And it is, it's, um, it is the personalized stuff. Um, and it is, being part of someone's life story. Um, and I get to be invited into all these people's lives and all these people's weddings. Um, I sell, a, I sell a lot of wedding forks actually. Um, really? to, yeah. And it's really hard to find the vintage forks that are in good quality, good enough quality to 
stamp on and for them not to chip when you're stamping them because you're taking a metal shank and a hammer and you're bashing something that's 50 to 100 years old. Um, and so it's really hard to find the forks and send them out to brides and grooms and like in a perfect, like in a way that they want to use them as a photography prop in their wedding. Um, but I get to be part of all of these life stories and you know, the, I make ring dishes, um, and that, you know, that, that have phrases about getting engaged. Um, and I do a lot of ring dishes with like initials on them. And I, I do, I love, I love being, being part of these things for people. Right. It's like every ma major occasion, right? I've gotten stuff for you for people's birthdays. I've gotten Mother's Day items from you. I've gotten, you know, wedding stuff, uh, engagement stuff, um, just like regular life stuff, you know? <laughs> it feels like, yeah, you have everything, baby stuff, you know? Like there's, there's stuff for every milestone. And I think that's something that's really special about your shop. Well, thank you. You know, I try and I also try to like everything that I make is like an extension of myself um, where I try to stay true to myself. I try not to make things just for a money grab. If it's on my shop, I either believe in it or I think it's really beautiful, right? You can't like believe in everything. Like, you know, like I don't believe in, you know, I mean, maybe some people, right. I'm looking at my drawer of amethysts right here big drawer of amethysts right and some people believe certain things about this drawer of amethysts um and if i don't believe what you believe i at least think whatever i make with this is really beautiful um and that's kind of i'm gonna put that drawer back because i'm sure i'll drop it <laughs> um and that's you know i try to put things out into the world that are different from other things that i see um and, you know, everything that's on my shop is something that, like, I feel good about making. And I make it, I make it with love. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's beautiful. And also, I know that you make it um, according to your values, right? So, like, yes. the, the hand stamping is done with vegan ink. And, um, you know things like that, like the vintage forks, right? Like you could probably just get like some new ass forks somewhere, <laughs> like, you know, but like you take the time to think about each product and, and really put your values into it. I do. And I really, um, I work really hard to keep my jewelry studio as vegan as possible. And I'm sure that there are things that slip under the radar, um, or things that can't be avoided. Like, I don't think you could get rubbing alcohol that hadn't, hasn't been tested on animals. Um, you know, and those are regular household items that I don't think any vegan has been able to swap out. Um, but every other kind of swap that you can make, I make it. Um, even for something like, you know, one of the processes in jewelry making when after you solder something is you pickle it and you put it in a pickle pot, which is a crock pot. I learned this on YouTube, right? It's a crock pot. Um, and a lot of people use a, a mix of chemicals to um, take the burn marks from soldering off of their jewelry after they light it on fire. And I did a bit of research. It wasn't very difficult. And I found out that putting vinegar, just plain vinegar in my crock pot, food vinegar, um, also takes the burn marks off, it takes a little bit longer. And so it sits in the crock pot for a day or two and good as new. So I use no chemicals when I solder my, um, my rings. Um, and so like, there's like, um, like a depth of that in almost all of the things that I make here. Yeah. And I want people to know a little bit more about you personally. Like <laughs> I, I know I said a little bit about like your husband and your son, but like, you also have these six rescue cats. So like, you're like giving <laughs> this, like, really value and, and based life. Like you practice what you preach. And I want people to know a little bit about what your home life is like. Well, there's a lot of cats. There's a lot of cat. <laughs> there's a lot of cat puke. There's a lot of cats. <laughs> um, although for up to me, we'd have more cats. Um, you know, Steve has kind of like put the limit. It's a, it's a hard limit on six. Um, when I was pregnant with Marie, we like fostered these like two blind kittens 
and they were just pooping everywhere. And because I was pregnant, I couldn't clean it up. And Steve was like, no, no more. Like these are getting adopted and not one more little foot is coming in this door after the baby. <laughs> um, so we have, you know, we have a menagerie of cats. Um, they're blind and one of them is on Prozac and, you know, they're, they're, two of them are old. We actually just had a sweet 16 for Leroy and Roxy the other day. <laughs> Aww. Gave us something to do. It's been so rainy here on the weekends. It was like super exciting for Murray. You know, we bought cat decorations and we decorated the house with cat, you know, like a cat birthday party. And um, we took out one of his like play, like wooden cakes and we put um, cat treats all over it. And then we sang happy birthday to them and they came and they ate the treats off the cake. Uh <laughs> Oh, adorable. And we baked a vegan cake and, you know, we cut it to be cat shaped um, <laughs> and had some friends over. <laughs> That's so cute. I, don't feel weird about this. I did that for Fabio. Okay. He, yes. Like I made cupcakes and Justin would go and deliver them to people that had like dogs. <laughs> and like we had like a little Zoom call where all the dogs ate the treats at the same time. Oh, in my the God. Houses. <laughs> So like, yes, I, I, I understand all of this, all of it. So that's kind of what my home life is like. Um, you know, before Murray was born, like I had mentioned before, you know, we had an empty bedroom designated for him for a long time, for almost four years. Um, and so that was our cat room. That was where we fostered kittens and we, you know, constantly had cats um through here and we got them adopted and we fostered more um and it's actually how you know when we moved here we went we had four and now we have six and that, so um two of them are foster fails uh, <laughs> which is why you know i think i got i got the the hard boundary on that because i'm a cat lady and i will embrace it i used to like to, to say i was a cat babe because i was hot and you know <laughs> cat lady like insinuates that like i'm not hot um, but I will own it. I am a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that you also are not like specific to like a, a lot of people like rescue cats or whatever, but they want like perfect cats. And I love that you also just want to make sure that every cat has a great home, no matter, especially if they've gone through like a really hard life. Oh, I mean, I mean, we like the ones that no one else wants. Um, you know, and it's how we, we ended up with our two blind cats, Ollie and Marco, because I was volunteering, um, for a cat rescue in Brooklyn and they were kittens and they were so cute and they were so afraid at adoption events because they couldn't see anything and just people, strangers were just touching them nonstop. Yeah. Um, and I volunteer for this rescue for a full year and watch those cats live in a cage for a full year and, Every time I would come home crying and my husband would be like, we live in 400 square feet. Like we have two already. Like we don't need two more, like get them adopted. And after a year I wore him down and we adopted them. <laughs> yeah. I love um, that. Yeah. And then my other cat, Chicky, um, we kept her because we messed her up because she came to us. We rescued her and she had like her eye, like exploding out of her head and we worked and, and ringworm. And so we worked so hard to save her eye, like all these like medicines for her eye and then medicine for the ringworm and then not touching her otherwise because of the ringworm. And so we're just like potchkering her all the time. And by the time she was all better, she was like terrified of people. And we're like, oh, well, she lives here now because no one's going to adopt her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now she's yours. Right, now she's mine. Like I broke her, so I bought her. <laughs> Aww. You also fixed her. Yeah, no, I mean, she's a great cat. Like, I love her, but. <laughs> but when, you know, she was six months old and we saved her eye and she didn't have ringworm anymore, she was not getting adopted because no one could touch her. Yeah. You know, now she's six and, you know, she's our cat and, you know, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I'm so happy that people are getting to see who you are <laughs> and also your business and. So tell people how they can find you. Um, you can find me. My business is called Salt and Sparkle. Um, some of you may know me as Rockaway Gypsy, and you might be like, I feel like I know this person, but I don't know Salt and Sparkle. 
And um, probably since I rebranded as Salt and Sparkle, I have not gone back out to the Rockaway markets, like I said. So I don't think anyone really got the chance to make that connection. Um, but I am Salt and Sparkle. Um, and you can find me on all social media um, at Salt and Sparkle. And my website and my Etsy are Shop Salt and Sparkle. Yeah. So please look for Randy, look for Salt and Sparkle. It is an amazing shop with so many cool items and great things for uh, great magical items <laughs> on occasion in your life. Um, and I just want to like, there are a couple of comments. So I'm going to bring them in. Okay. Um, Karen said, great interview. Thanks, Karen. Enchantress Shane, also very magical. <laughs> said, <"Well>, <laughs> Hi, Shane. <laughs> um, hearts. Yeah. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. I, I'm so happy that you got to meet Randy. I'm so happy that we were able to get this schedule because I know everybody's schedules are hectic and I wanted to make sure that everyone met you and understood who you were and became fans of <laughs> yours and of Salt and Sparkle. Thanks for fitting me in, Kali. This was wonderful. <laughs> I, I appreciate it very much. And yeah. it's always nice to see your pretty face. <laughs> oh, yours too. Both both the blue-haired chicks. I know. My, mine's a little green these days, but I, I'll take it. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm a little... I, I'm trying out like an ombre growing out effect. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm loving it. The struggles. But... The struggles of blue hair. I know. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing day. Please, everyone, go out, shop Salt and Sparkle. And um, please get more acquainted with all of the members of Rockway Creates. And, and I'm super excited to be able to do this. And every month, we get to highlight different business owners in Rockway. So if you're watching this now, watching on the replay, on Spotify, on YouTube, however you're doing this, make sure to share it so that more people learn about Rockaway and the different magical, amazing things that we've got going on. Bye everyone. Bye.